Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I tell you, South Orange folks, we have been through the last two weeks of Sandy, then the Nor'easter, and I'm so pleased that our village president, Mr. Alex Torpy, has really interrupted an extremely busy schedule to come share with us what the village has done and is going to do as we deal with the aftermath of of Sandy. Alex, welcome to the program. Thank you. It, you know, I really appreciate you interrupting your day. I know you were just on the phone with uh, someone talking about New Jersey Transit. We could That's jump right. in right there. Sure. Well, what's, I, I know a lot of residents have said to you, um, hey, can we use the vans to take people down to Newark? And you, know, you have to coordinate this with New Jersey Transit. Um, so what is going on with New Jersey Transit? So. Well, you know, as I'm sure you know, the uh, the Midtown Direct Line that you know that so many of our residents used to get directly into the city, this 25, this amazing you know 25 minute, 30 minute commute, um, you know, has been interrupted. So they're not running that train line right now, um, and a lot of people have been taking the buses instead. Um, so there's a bus route that goes from South Orange to the Port Authority in New York, um, and you can also take the bus into Newark Penn Station, get in that way. There's kind of a a handful of different ways you can kind of configure getting into the city, you know, none of which are particularly great, you know, which is why the Midtown Direct was such a great idea to begin right. with. Have, have uh, folks considered to carpool to the Sea Caucus? Yeah, um, I know people have definitely talked about that. I've mm -hmm. seen a lot of, uh, you know, on social media, people kind of coordinating with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do, you know, I mean, we, you know, we really believe that, uh, you know, New Jersey Transit needs to kind of take responsibility of the situation. Um, and, you know, it's their train line. You know, we're going to do everything we can to try and offer our support. Mm -hmm. You know, we've offered our Jitney as a, as a resources, I think, as you just heard me say. And, mm -hmm. you know, basically saying, tell us how we can use these for you, you mm -hmm. know, and we're happy to contribute. Um, and now, you know, we've seen some more buses get added in the morning um, on the 107, which goes into the city. We've also asked for some of those buses to be express, which it sounds like they might actually be doing. If the bus gets filled up with South Orange residents, it'll just go right into the city because they're not picking anybody up anyway. Um, and then if there's a way that our jitneys can take people around, we can do that too. The only thing is the capacity on the jitneys is so limited, they're so small, that it takes so many trips to even get a dent in the, you know, we have almost 4,000 commuters a day from our train station. And each jitney holds what? 20, 20, you know, 20 or so people. Right, right. Um, let's take a step back. I think there's been a lot of misinformation out there in regards to exactly what happened to PSC&G. Why was this so bad? And when we were in the hallway waiting to re record this, this interview, you shared with me some very uh, compelling facts in regards to the, the amount of damage that was done to the substations. Could you take, take our, our, our residents through exactly what happened and why this outage was, was so severe? Yeah, I mean, from, from what it sounds like, uh, you know, it, it doesn't sound like people quite expected um, the winds and the storm to be nearly as bad as it was. I think everybody was prepared for pretty bad. Um, as were we in the village, I'm not sure um, any of the utility companies were prepared for, you know, the kind of devastation that they faced. And some of that included, you know, Essex County was hit particularly hard. Uh, the Newark Bay, you know, I don't know how many feet, you know, the water rose above, you know, what the normal level is um, exactly, but it flooded the substations. Um, and there were, you know, were major problems from that, you know, the county jail, which is, there's a county jail near there, which flooded, four, I think, four feet of water. Um, and, um, and so, you know, the, and not, so the substations got flooded out and, uh, you know, it was salt water instead of fresh water, which means that they've got to send all their, before they can do anything, you know, they got to get their, um, technicians down there basically scrubbing every square inch of equipment. Um, so, you know, when we sit down with PSE&G and we talked about how frustrated we were with, 
with the restoration schedule and things like that, you know, they kind of told us the story from their end a little bit of, well, you know, we have people with like toothbrushes scrubbing circuits because if we flip the switch and everything isn't cleaned off, it's just going to break down again. Um, so, you know, obviously the challenge has been, I mean, tremendous from, from their point of view now. You know, one could perhaps argue that um, they should be more prepared for these sort of weather events. I think we all see that these kind of severe weather events are happening more and more. You know, regardless of whatever climate reasons or any of those other, you know, things that might be contributing to it, it does seem to be happening. Um, and storms like this, you know, people keep calling them 100-year storms, you know, but they're happening twice a year now. So we've got to, we have to, you know, if that's going to be the new normal, then that's what we need to be prepared for, and that's what they need to be prepared for. And this is something where, I guess, coordination between local, state, and, and federal needs to occur, because if we're talking about uh, reinventing our infrastructure, um, that, our, our, our village budget can't handle that. <laughs> no, it certainly can't. I, I can assure you of that. Um, you know, I think what we can do at the local level, and you know, um, as frustrated um, as I think we are with PSENG, um, I think there's you know kind of the the aftermath component, which is a well, we need some kind of accountability for the information and communication, um, you know, that we don't think we got, but also you know that we want we want to help. I mean, we're not doing this to you know, throw anybody under the bus. We're doing this because we want to fix whatever problem this is. And, you know, one town is limited in what we can do to fix it because, you know, we were very well prepared for the storm, um, you know, and we don't control the utility poles. Um, but if it's, you know, getting, and, and I've met, you know, uh, twice this week with the PSNG president um, with other Essex County mayors, and if we can coordinate and say, well, here's, you know, here are the challenges that we have and we can figure, help them figure out a game plan, who cares who thinks of it? You know, as long as we can get that on paper and get that so that next time the information is better, you know, I think that we would all consider that a success. Now, this issue of the power lines uh, being in the, the, you know, the rear of the mm -hmm. properties, um, it allows for us to have a beautiful community because we don't have power lines uh, out on the street. We have right. gas lamps. Um, I, I guess PSCNG's hinted at that they would like to put some power lines out in front. Yeah, what the, well, I mean, what they've done is, I, I mean, you're right. You know, that that we have power lines in the backyard. There are a couple towns. Um, uh, I think Montclair has uh, a handful. Cedar Grove, Maplewood has a few. Um, I mean, we're we're one of only a few though that do have you know the majority of our lines in the backyards. And like you said, on one hand, um, you know, I think a lot of that is the aesthetic value. There's also another benefit to that, um, which has to be considered when talking about this, which is that. After storms like this, same from the nor'easter last year and Hurricane Irene and then Sandy this year, that the roads in South Orange get open very quickly. Um, you know, 90, 95 percent of the roads, more than that, are open in, tw in 24 hours. You know, our public works goes through and they don't have to worry about live wires being down in the middle of the street as much because the wires are in the backyards. So there's a, a, a real emergency planning benefit to having them in the backyards. <clears throat> the downside is, of course, that the restoration takes much longer. So you got to kind of weigh, well, you know, we have, you know, access, you know, with, you know, for fire and EMS and police and everything to most of our town right away, whereas most towns have whole sections blocked off. It's, um, it's a jigsaw to get through it. Right, right, exactly. You go down one street, you got to turn around and you end up getting, it's a, it's a maze. Um, and South Orange is usually not that, is usually better, way better than most. Um, but on the other hand, you know, if these, if the restoration is going to be two weeks um, and, you know, having the lines in front cuts that down by five days, you know, that's something we need to consider. They offered, you know, um, to talk about that with us. And mm -hmm. so I think we have to figure out, the village has to figure out how we want to facilitate that conversation and look at the real pros and cons of 
you know, in the backyard, in the front, underground, you know, all the different options that exist. Right. You know, one, one aspect of New Jersey law, and I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, when a tree falls, it could fall from someone else's property onto someone else's property. And um, let's face it, a lot of folks don't have their, 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 their trees trimmed. Right. And it, that causes damage. And then, of course, there's the PSCNG policy that if the tree is on a PSCNG line, you can't touch it. They have to touch it. But right. they, they only go so far. Has there been any discussion um, um, amongst our, 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 our legislators that we need to look at the tree problem to try to figure out how can we manage the, the trimming of these trees or what type of trees can be planted? Um, because that seemed to be a very big culprit um, in, in, in any town. No, you're, you're right on target. It's something that um, we've talked about in the village, you know, throughout the storm, um, and that uh, we've also talked about. It's you know, some towns have gone as far as um, you know, basically doing kind of an audit of the entire town of all the trees, and just you know, one year going through and spending all the money and just getting everything cleaned up. Um, some of that, like you said, some of it is the private homeowner's responsibility. Some of it is PSENG's responsibility. Some of it is the town's responsibility. Um, you know, I think that that's something that we're going to have to do going forward. Um, and I heard from um, other towns that have, you know, put the money out and do that. And the money that you save and the frustration that you save and the honestly the devastation of people being without power for two weeks that you save from trimming those trees, it's worth. It's probably worth every penny. Right. I mean, my, my neighbor across the street from us, unfortunately, they had uh, a couple of trees fall from their neighbor's property. And thank goodness it missed their house. Right. Thank goodness uh, it was very close. And um, this particular neighbor actually has more trees that are just waiting to fall. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just sharing with our neighbor in regards to what the New Jersey law is. And because they just moved in from from New York, she goes, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, that's you know, if it falls in your property, um, you're responsible for <laughs> for right. cleaning it up. Right. But you can trim it. You can trim the, their tree back up to your line of your property, you know. Right. But it just seems that there's some accidents that that could be prevented. Not all, because we saw a lot of trees in in Maplewood where the trees actually fell from the uh, from the base. Right. Right. And there was there was a uh, you know probably. Um, yeah, there's a number of those in South Orange as well, and it's it's quite a sight when you see it. It pulls up, you know, five, ten feet of earth underneath, and, you know, those are trees that have old roots or dried out or, you know, the roots got trimmed when the roads got redone or, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that went into that. But, you know, there's definitely an impact we can make um, by doing, um, you know, a town-wide effort to get trees trimmed up. Um, and like I said, I, I think that's something we're going to have to do, and that's, you know, going that, to, that's not going to, like you said, it's not going to prevent everything. But, you know, if it makes a 20% difference even, and that's 20% people, less people who lose power, that's huge. Now, currently, how many South Orange residents are still without power right now? That's a good question. Uh, I'm asked, is, we're recording this Friday afternoon. This program airs tomorrow morning. Um, we, we're most definitely um, uh, somewhere between 500 and 1,000 at this point. Um, the numbers from PSE and G that we get um, are a little unclear. They kind of vary. Um, depending on the source of the numbers, um, you know, uh, like I, I think you mentioned, you know, I had just I, oh, I just came from a meeting um, with PSE&G representatives and they promised a report um, tonight um, on, you know, how many they have left 
uh, in South Orange, and it's it's going to be a pretty small number. I mean, you know, it, the, obviously the job isn't done until it's 100 percent, and there's not a single person, you know, that right. doesn't have power left. And, you know, and even, you know, looking at it from an emergency management perspective, you know, because in addition to the village president, I'm also the OEM coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, so when these sort of things happen, you know, I've been spending, you know, 12 or 14 hours a day basically since the storm, since a few days before the storm, mm-hmm. coordinating all the, the responses and the communication and the resource requests that we need from the town. Um, so I've been seeing this, you know, every day, you know, kind of firsthand. And, um, and uh, yeah, the, um, the numbers, the numbers are, are getting better. You know, we saw a lot of progress, but, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're not there yet. And the state of emergency won't be lifted until that last person is, you know, back on the grid. Mm-hmm. And um, do, when do they think that we'll be at 100% here in South Orange? When, when do they estimate? Well, you know, they've given us a couple deadlines already. Um, you know, the, the, the one that seems to, that they've kind of used the longest is actually tonight at midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that because of the uh, snowstorm that we got, the nor'easter, that that basically pushed things back one day. Right. Um, so they expect that if not tonight, you know, there's going to be still a handful out. Right. Um, but that by tomorrow night, then we're going to be completely back. Right. Um, you know, again, I mean, I don't want to put my seal of approval on uh, that number because we're not making the number up. We're trying to pass right. it along. But, you know, as far as I can see. In, in, in all fairness to PSCNG, I mean, it, it could be very specific things to specific addresses that, right. that they just don't know yet until they actually get Right, there. and we've been passing along all the outage information. You know, I know people have been calling in multiple times, and, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll send people out on 10 jobs, and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll get halfway through and realize that this one is way more complicated and they don't get to finish everything. Right. And, you know, and I think we all understand that. Um, but at least from what I've been seeing the past couple days, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, almost every night uh, with maybe one or two exceptions since the storm hit, you know, mm-hmm. I spend some time, uh, you know, an hour or two driving around town mm-hmm. looking at where the power outages are and kind of trying to correspond that information to what we're getting from PSE&G. Right. Um, and over the past couple of days, there's been quite a bit of progress. You know, one of the areas that um, I think the residents feel that we all could have done a better job on um, is communication. And we understand that, you know, you're limited by what they tell you. Right. And I know that we have, you know, you and I have had several discussions over the past week, which I greatly appreciate. And you shared with me about the meetings that you had with PSCNG a year ago. Say, so, hey, here's, here's some things that we think you should do. Um, how, what is going to be your approach this time to, to see if those recommendations actually be, be, be become, um, you know, part of their best practices plan for communication? Um, well, hopefully uh, we're going to be able to try and um – you know, I guess what I'd like to see is a legislative fix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd like to see the legislature, uh, you know, put a package of bills forward. And I know that um, I've talked to a few legislators who are already on board with doing that on, on different areas. You know, one of this one of the suggestions was, you know, mandating that senior homes have backup generators. Um, and there's just a whole, you know, a, a whole bunch of different components to um, planning and responding to emergencies like this. Mm-hmm. Um, that the New Jersey legislature, if they so choose, you know, could pass a law that compels PSENG to, mm-hmm. you know, make a change and um, and I think that's going to be uh, the route that, that we have to take to uh, now see results. Now, what's interesting is that PSCNG covers, what, most of North Jersey? Yeah, they've got, I think, 200, around 230 towns. And um, would the entire New Jersey State Assembly have to pass a, a law? Yeah, and what would, what would likely, the, the it wouldn't be specific to PSCNG, it would be... Um, you know, specific to the utility U- companies, utilities New Jersey, companies. the utility companies that are licensed to operate in New Jersey, right, right, which right. there are a handful of. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, because 
what was frustrating was that you, you, you get those um, uh, Excel spreadsheet reports that they have online, right. and it was, it was a macro view, and it wasn't a, a micro view in regards to say that of, these, of this number, these are the, the streets that are going to, to be covered. If they could have provided that level of detail that would have eased, I think, a lot of concerns. People would have known, okay, I'm going to be out for X amount of days, so maybe I need to make some other arrangements. Absolutely. And that, that accurate information from the beginning is important because people need to be able to make those accommodations, and, and so do we in the town, right. you know, because we had critical facilities that were with that power. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, that, that setting expectations and allowing people to plan mm -hmm. is, uh, is really important. But I, I really want to give a shout out to, to you and the, uh, the library. Mm -hmm. You sent a note out, hey, the library is open. And the library was really a, a, a good refuge. People came there, were able to charge their phones. Um, I saw a lot of parents there with, with their little toddlers right. being able to stay warm and whatnot. So um, the library, they really deserve uh, a lot of credit uh, for how they've serviced our community over the last week. They have, and you know, I, I've got to say, you know, I couldn't be happier with um, the response from our staff in town. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine being mayor or OEM coordinator of another town. I mean, our police department, fire department, public works, rescue squad, um, you know, like you said, the library, Baird Health, I mean, everybody steps up during these things. You know, we've got people working, you know, 16 hour shifts, you know, sleeping overnight in the trucks and, you know, and on a cot so that they can get up the next morning and continue working. Um, it's really, it's really incredible to see, you know, those things just, people snap into place and, you know, being an EMT and kind of working in the emergency field anyway, you know, you get this, uh, you know, view into um, how first responders operate. And it's the same with the utility crews themselves. You know, most of them, I've talked to a handful of them in South Orange, you know, they've been, you know, for the most part, very nice folks. And, you know, and they're working double overtime, you know, and they're, you know, a lot of these guys are from Florida, Mississippi, they're across the country from their families. That's right. That's right. Um, so there's a lot of people, you know, and, and, and it's hard to see sometimes, you know, the night of the storm, you know, our fire department and public works, I mean, they're responding to every down wire, wow. you know, the hundreds and hundreds of calls <clears throat> in one night they're going out to making sure, you know, the scene is safe, getting public works, starting to get the roads open. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's an incredible operation. Um, and we have a very lean uh, workforce in South Orange and, you know, what they managed to accomplish with what they have is, you know, is, is, is pretty astounding. Considering that comment, I, I just had a, a thought idea, and I know, um, you know, a lot of folks have, have talked about what would be the benefit of shared services with Maplewood. Um, do you think it would have made a, made a difference? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think on, on certain aspects of this, yes. Um, although certain, you know, when we looked at merging the fire departments or, you know, finding some way to join whatever word you want to use, um, you know, when we started getting down to it, uh, you know, we're very, you know, our two fire departments do things very differently. Um, and, there, you know, there's a whole bunch of areas that were, um, you know, would be very difficult to reconcile, you know, in which way you do it, you know, and who gets to choose. You know, I think on some of those things, we're very confident and kind of happy in the way that we do things in South Orange. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of them might even be specific to the South Orange needs. So I think, you know, we got to look at all the shared service opportunities that do exist. Um, but on the other hand, um, you know, I would never compromise the performance of what we do now. And, you know, I would never want to see, you know, less police or less fire or less public works people on the road. Um, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, again, they do an amazing job for with what they have. And, you know, I think they perform, uh, you know, 
the the cost of performance is so high right now mm-hmm. um, that the cost is high, and you know everybody you know in town knows the taxes are high. Um, but then again, you know when these storms happen, you know you've got such highly trained, experienced people who know the town right. inside and out, out on the roads, and I'm I feel safe. Yeah. You know, not only as a mayor but as a resident, knowing that they're out there. Exactly. I, I can recall a couple of years ago over the um, uh, Christmas holidays. Uh, uh, I had smoke coming, um, backing up from my chimney, mm-hmm. and it was creating a, a very bad uh, uh, air quality. And our folks came out, told me exactly what was wrong, and they were very respectful of our home. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it was uh, like a concierge service, you might say. Yeah, yeah. We and and there there are a lot of towns. I mean, you know, there are so many aspects to this. Uh, you know, there are a lot of towns where. Um, I mean, for example, in South Orange, you know, police respond as medical first responders on every call. There are a lot of towns where they don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so the ambulance, you know, will take, uh, you know, two, three, four, five minutes to get to a scene. We've already got all the police officers out on the road patrolling by zone anyway. They get there in 30 seconds. You know, they get there in a minute. And, um, you know, I've gone on, you know, as an EMT in South Orange, I've gone on medical calls, um, you know, where the, the police officers already got the defibrillator out. Um, and you, I mean... You know, when it comes down to someone's lives, whether it's on a daily basis or in an emergency, you know, it's hard to put a price on that. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, so, Alex, you learned a lot over the last 12 days, mm-hmm. 15 days. What would you, what are going to be some of the top of the mind things that you're going to do differently in regards to communication? Well, we did, I mean, you know, we've, so I've been, you know, in, in my position, I've been through this twice. You know, one was last year and one was this year. Um, you know, I think we made a couple improvements from last year to this year. You know, we added a little bit more of the social media aspect from the town. You know, so it's not just, you know, my Twitter and my Facebook, but we have the official mm-hmm. town Twitter, which, um, you know, saw, uh, you know, um, a double or triple increase in the number of followers throughout mm-hmm. the storm. And, you know, there was 30 or 40, you know, updates posted on that that I know people found incredibly mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can see all the analytics of that and see that people really use mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, we posted... Uh, you know, probably uh, 20 updates or so on the website um, and in the local media um, and, uh, you know, the reverse 911 phone messages that went out, the text messages, the emails, you know, part of it is that we're limited by the technology. So, you know, when people's power goes out now, (laughs) um, you know, if you have a fiber optic line in your home, uh, you know, you have a battery backup, but at a certain point, your landline doesn't work. And that was the pinnacle way for local governments to get in touch with people was the reverse 911 dial every single number in town and leave a message. Right. That becomes compromised during a prolonged power outage. So we have to get people to sign their cell phones up into the system right. because those cell phones you could charge in your car or at the library. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, between cell, basically we need to find more ways to access people on their mm-hmm. mobile phone. And mm-hmm. whether that's through voice or whether that's through social media, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get a, you know, a South Orange Facebook page up um, right. as well. Um, if, if it's an official South Orange Facebook page, then it helps you out with the sunshine law that you had talked about. Well, well, yeah, I mean, and that's something, I mean, you know, uh, that I am, you know, incredibly careful about not crossing any lines is, you know, people can post on my Facebook and I can respond there about municipal business because it's public. Mm-hmm. You know, my Facebook is set as public. Mm-hmm. Every post on there is public. You don't have to be a friend on Facebook to see anything. Right. However, once you get into the messages, now that becomes something private. And if someone f- uh, filed a public records request, mm-hmm. now that's something that I I would have to then turn over, whereas the posts are already public. So right. something I discussed with our attorney when I first got there, that the laws are very mm-hmm. unclear about, actually. Right. Um, and uh, and so that's why we ask people to email the South Orange address so we keep mm-hmm. all that 
information in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that I can say for sure that we are upgrading is our emergency notification system. Right. Um, the way that we, the, the software that we use to dial reverse 911s mm-hmm. right now is um, is really not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're able to put the messages out. It's a little clunky. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a piece of software that would allow us to um, send out the messages from a smartphone or a tablet. Mm-hmm. So I could be out in the field, don't even need my computer. Right. And we see a problem come up, and within five minutes, we could have a robocall out to every matter resident. Fact, I know a vendor that has that service. Okay. In, here in New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, they were approaching Seton Hall about using it for their emergency notification. What was the company? Do you remember? Oh, it's, it's, it, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay, I, yeah, we've been looking at a couple of them. Line. We're about, we're probably next week, we're going to make the decision about which one to go with. Okay, I'll send that to you today. Okay. Also, I, I wanted to, to point out and stress to you, uh, Mark Maven, the general manager here, um, WSOU is, is available for, mm-hmm. for you to use um, anytime you want to communicate um, to folks in an emergency. Uh, that was one way that the radio um, that we had on with, with the batteries we were able to communicate. Right. So we just want to make sure that you guys know, um, hey, we're here for you. Yeah, we've definitely uh, thought about that. And I think, um, you know, we could probably figure something out. It's tough, you know, without having a message looping, you know, 24-7 mm-hmm. to make sure that people actually tune in at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely ways to work that out. One other thing that we definitely um, did learn that, that our residents found very useful was um, having a phone number that people could call and listen to a recording. Right. Um, and so we used uh, the Baird, you okay. know, has their hotline for, you know, when this, uh, different, sports. when the yeah, sports yeah. things are going on. Unfortunately, the we only got like, game is canceled. <laughs> right, exactly. And now we're using it for emergency right. information. So that's right. something that we definitely learned. Mm-hmm. We're going to have that set up, um, you know, as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So we can distribute a number that people know they can always call this number and there's going to be information waiting for you. You know, as you know, time always flies when you and I get together. Right. And I really appreciate your time. Um, we have a, a few minutes left. What would you like to share with the residents about what they should expect over the next few days? Or, or what would you like for the residents to, to do? Because, you know, most of us now have, have, have electricity and heat, mm-hmm. and, and we can help out as well. Well, I think there's definitely a lot of volunteer opportunities. Um, you know, we're trying to compile some of that information. A lot of people have been asking me how they can help. Um, and that outpouring, you know, of, uh, of community uh, you know, support has been incredible. I mean, you can see, see that with the extension cords across the roads, you know, people are trying to help each other. Right. Um, and so, you know, we go into, you know, in the, uh, you know, emergency management field, you know, as soon as the event is over, which it's not yet, you know, we're going to go into this point of, you know, looking back on how we prepared, how we responded, um, you know, and what the recovery was like and, and look at each of those, what we did well, what we didn't do well, and try and make those improvements. Um, so we're going to, you know, take a hard look at ourselves, and not only us, but so how we interacted between South Orange and Essex County, Essex County and the state, mm-hmm. South Orange and PSE&G, the county and PSE&G, and look at all those different aspects and try and put together, um, you know, where we need to go from here. I think, you know, as far as residents, you know, you know, we've still got houses without power and we're still working really hard on making sure, I know there are crews out in South Orange right now working um, and make sure that everybody gets back. Um, and then from that point forward, um, you know, we've got to start having the discussion, well, do we need to do, you know, a town-wide tree trimming, um, you know, and what more communication platforms can we use? You know, I think we perform probably, uh, you know, the best out of any town that I've seen about the out of, um, amount of information that was available to people, you know, but we can always do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with the trees, you know, I know some, you know, people are on top of that, but we can always do better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be looking for those opportunities and, um, and hopefully residents that can be involved in that, help with cleanup efforts, you know, help, uh, you know, our public works out. They've been, they've been working so hard. You know, I know that we're yeah, going to find got, those they, ways. They got the, um, the, the trees up 
quickly. Yeah. People put the branches out, and I think uh, a day later or two days later, they were out with the machine grabbing and yep. putting yep. them away. Yeah. And also, um, I know there's a number of great uh, vendors and, and stores in South Orange, but Eden Gourmet, mm-hmm. they were real gems throughout the whole process, uh, making sure that you know they were stocked with bread and ice and, and whatnot. And uh, just a real testament to the spirit of the village. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, it would take me the whole time of this program to list all the people who helped out. See, I can say know. it and not get in trouble. Right, <laughs> right. It, I mean, it really, it really has been amazing. The businesses, um, you know, everybody in town. I mean, you know, SOPAC stepped up and, you know, was open late and held. And, and I went That's down right. there and there was, you know, the churches in town, a First Baptist Church and Our Lady of Sorrow. I mean, everybody was just stepping mm-hmm. up left and right, helping each other out. The Elks helped out with the yeah. spaghetti dinner and they opened up their... That's uh, right. I mean, I mean, you know, it, it's literally almost too much to list, although, you know, yeah. that. that should be done at some point and you know and that makes me glad that you know that's just another reason why i love being in south orange because it's not a community where people you know take their generator and bundle themselves in their own home it's saying you know i don't i don't know how many times on facebook i saw people say you know hey we've got power come on over right and and seeing that's amazing and you know me being a technology nerd you know i want to look at that and figure out what what pieces of technology we can put on top of that you know are there mobile applications are there social applications that we can create that would allow people to connect to each other better during these events and find you know connect people who have things with people who need things Mm -hmm. and um, hopefully we can uh, you know kind of do more in that wow well this has been great alex uh we're ladies and gentlemen we're here with alex torpy the village president of south orange uh, I want to thank you personally for coming in on your very busy schedule. I know you got to run off to another meeting now. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to share you know, all this information. Excellent. We look forward to having you back on the program. Look forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.